Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Today, I want to talk about an amazing place, amazing place called heaven. We hear about this word, this phrase, this place, heaven, but it's real. And what's powerful is that you and I were not designed and created just for earth. That's why you and I are spiritual beings. God has given you a spirit to live eternally. And that is why this earth will never satisfy. This earth will never fully satisfy you because there's a part of you called the spirit that's longing for more. Is this true? So money won't satisfy. Fame won't satisfy. Accomplishment. Career won't satisfy. Climbing up to the height of Mount Everest, the challenge, accomplishing a challenge, will not completely satisfy you. And hate to say that even winning the clearinghouse sweepstakes will not satisfy you. And those who win, their lives end up being a mess. Isn't it true? Because you are created for more. You are created for more. And that more is heaven. Heaven is an awesome place. And I'm excited that I get to go there. Are you excited this morning? Come on. You need to say amen to heaven. And let me say this. Who you follow and what you follow will ultimately lead to where you will be on earth and in eternity. It amazes me when I drive on the highway, and all of a sudden you see this giant traffic jam up ahead, and you slow down and you see two giant lanes, and everyone's getting into those lanes. And I look ahead and I say, wait a second, there's three lanes. Why isn't anyone going into the lane that's empty? And so I just go into the lane that's empty. And I pass all these cars. And I'm saying to myself, what's wrong with these people? Don't they know that there's no one in this lane? Here's the problem. We follow. People are following the person in front of them. And sometimes you're following the wrong person. And sometimes you're heading the wrong way. You're in the wrong lane. You know, when I, come on. Is it true? And there's only one way, there's only one way that leads you to this place called heaven, and that's Jesus' way. Thank God for Jesus. He made the way. Amen? When I was growing up, there's a couple of songs, Highway to Hell. How many know that? ACDC. Don't, don't listen to it, okay? <laughs> but there's another song. It's called Stairway to Heaven. The highway is easy. The stairway to heaven especially takes a lot of climbing. Takes a lot of work. But let me tell you, it's the stairway, Jesus' way, that gets you to heaven. Heaven is an awesome, awesome place. I want us to look at Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. If you have your Bible open to this passage of Scripture. If you don't, we have the Bible in the sky Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders 
and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that so you will not grow weary and lose heart. The Bible says in this passage of Scripture a few things. Number one, that life is like a race. And it's really a race to eternity. It's not an easy race. It's not on a nice little clean track, right? It's more like the Ironman triathlon. Now, you guys that don't know the Ironman triathlon, it's not easy. It starts off 2.4-mile swim, then a 112-mile bike ride, and then 26.22-mile run with no stops continuous. Life is more like that. Isn't it true? Life is more like that. And if you enter the Ironman triathlon, I don't care if you end up crawling over the finish line. You are my hero. Amen? But in this world... I think the greatest heroes are those who get on the way with Jesus and don't quit. They don't quit. They press through. They persevere. And so much so that God puts a chapter in Hebrews chapter 11. And he makes mention of all these heroes of faith. And I believe when you and I pass this earth, there's going to be a chapter in heaven for those who made it, who made it through the race of life, the triathlon, that kept persevering. And heaven is the great reward. When you cross over those lines, you are going to receive the greatest reward of all time, heaven. In this passage of Scripture, it says that there's a great cloud of witnesses. Many times in life, you probably have heard this, someone say to you, maybe even when you were younger as a child, you better be careful because God sees everything you're doing. Did your mom or dad ever say that to you? Someone say that to you? Well, there's a truth to that. Because in this passage of Scripture, it talks about heaven and a great cloud of witnesses that are looking over and see you and see where you're at. And they're rooting for you. And some of those people in that cloud of witnesses are people who actually know you, people in your family, people in lineage, in your lineage, from generations past who've been watching. And all of a sudden, you pop up on the earth, and they're watching, and they're rooting for you. And the angels are rooting for you, and the heroes of faith are rooting for you. And the Bible says that Jesus suffered and was willing to suffer and die So that you and I, Jesus was rooting for you. You and I would come up to heaven and enjoy what was prepared for you. We have a great cloud of witnesses rooting for us. And some of you have pets up there. People ask me all the time, talking about heaven. You know, animals in heaven. No, the Bible says the lion will lay with the lamb, right? But I guarantee you, some of your animals are not going to make it. Because I've had some animals, some dogs that are like, I don't want them in heaven. I don't want to take care of them anymore, amen? You might have a cat 
I pray to God that the cat somehow gets saved. If there's anything in heaven, it's going to be a dog. I hate, I hate to say, tell you, you cat lovers, you know. <laughs> but heaven is so awesome. It's a real place. Jesus said to her in John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus said this 2,000 years ago, and if he was here today, he'd be saying the same thing. He'd say, do you believe this? Do you believe this, church? Do you believe this, church? Because what you believe in, you will live for. Some people spend everything they have to win, you know, a lottery. Or they'll fill out all these publishers' clearinghouse coupons or whatever they do. Go online and you fill it out. You know, you got every single family member filling out the lottery ticket, the raffle. Because you will invest in what you believe in, what you want. There's no greater reward than heaven. There's no greater reward than heaven. It is so real that it's referred to 1,865 times in the Old Testament. 316 times in the New Testament. It's so real that Jesus said this in John 14. My father's house has many rooms. Now listen, how many trust Jesus this morning? Come on, he's our hero. He says this. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If heaven isn't real, Do you think I'd be lying to you? Uncle Harry, who I like to make mention of, he may lie to you, but Jesus will never lie to you. Heaven is so real that the devil, Satan, deceives the whole world against it. Revelations 12.9, the great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, listen, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. You know, if Jesus is real, if heaven's real, if hell is real, why don't more people believe? Read this scripture. Satan deceives the whole world. In Revelations 13, 6, it talks about the devil again, refers to him as the beast. It says, it opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name, and listen, and his dwelling place. And those who live in heaven. On earth, you will constantly hear three slanders. A slander against Jesus Christ. A slander against Christians and believers. And a slander against the existence of heaven and hell. The Bible says that. That's his deception. When the Bible says that he leads the whole world astray. Astray from where? From who? Think about it. From God, from Christianity, from the way to get to heaven, and from a belief that there is an afterlife. If he can get you to believe that there's none of those, he's got you. Satan is so enraged. He's a murderer, the Bible says. He's a thief. He destroys. He's a deceiver. He is so enraged because he was thrown out of heaven. And he knows 
you and I are going to take his place. Come on, let's thank God that God has opened up the door to heaven for us. I want to tell you three wonderful things about heaven. Number one, it is beyond beautiful. I can only imagine it is beyond beautiful. The Bible talks about streets of gold, gates of pearl, you know, precious gems. Women, if you need a bigger diamond, wait till the diamond you see in heaven. Honey, you may have to wait. <laughs> Mansions, colors beyond description. See, our colors that we see are limited by the spectrum of light that we see. You know, we bought Carlos, these, um, Carlos, head of our media department, and uh, you watch the video, it makes me cry every time I see it. And he's he, unable to see colors, so every body of Christ pitched in and, and blessed them with these glasses that help you see color. And when he put those glasses on, he fell to his knees because he saw colors that he had never seen. And it just reminds me, God, what will we do when we come into heaven? It'll be so awesome, so powerful. We will fall to our knees. But Carlos, you won't need to bring those glasses up to heaven. Because there's colors. The Bible says, Revelations 21, 21. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. Revelation 21, 23 says, The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. The Lamb is the lamp. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the light of the world. Amen? Second thing about heaven, which is really, really cool, is that music and worship will be something beyond our imagination. See, our music is limited by time signature. You musicians know that. 4-4 four, four time. You know, 3-4 time. The waltz. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. We'll be waltzing in heaven, but it'll be a whole different time signature because there's no time. We'll be in eternity. And the Bible says in Revelations 14, 2, and I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing waters and a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps. It's going to be beautiful. Music is going to be beyond what we can imagine. It's not going to be limited by man's ability, by the constraints upon us in this world. It's going to be amazing. And the last thing about heaven, there's so many things that we can talk about, but these are three things, that heaven will be extreme, extreme, extreme pleasure. There will be no more suffering, no more pain, fear, sorrow, Hurt, sin, tears, wars, abuse, depression, physical, emotional, mental illness. No more stress, people. No more worrying. 
No more death. No more banks, loans, taxes, work. You don't have to make your bed. You don't have to wash the dishes. You don't have to pay the mortgage. Come on, we should be excited today. No electric bill, cable bill, or phone bill. No more politics. Thank you, Jesus. No more waiting in line. No more charging your phone because communication will be instant. You will be a genius in heaven. Your IQ will be immeasurable. Finally. (laughs) And all the wives are saying, thank God. Banging on their husband. There will be pure love, pure joy, peace, happiness, pure family. Community, listen, with no jealousy, no greed, no gossip, no complaining, no competition. This is heaven, people. This is what's been promised to us. This is what Jesus said. I'm willing to go through this. I'm willing to go through the agony, the pain, the suffering, the rejection. I'm willing because he saw what was prepared. He knew what was to come. And I thank God. Give us a glimpse. Give us a glimpse. And it will cause us to change our posturing. Change our belief system. Change what we invest in our time. And maybe we do a lot less worrying. And have a lot more hope. Because this isn't the end all, people. Heaven is coming. Heaven is coming. Revelations 21.4, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. You know, I think if, if Hawaii, which I've never been, is worth saving for, you say, hey, you should save, you should go to Hawaii. If Hawaii is worth saving for, then heaven is worth living and dying for. Because there's no comparison. But I want to tell you, there's good news today. Some of you are saying, yeah, but meanwhile, you know, I have to live in this hell hole. But not as a Christian. Because when you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in you. And a touch of heaven comes into your life. You start experiencing the attributes of heaven. And you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who accepted Jesus in your life, you start experiencing a whole new dimension of peace you've never had, a whole d- new dimension of joy you've never had, a whole ex- new experience of what love truly is, a whole new understanding that your life isn't meaningless. You're not a bug, you're not a fly splattered on someone's windshield. You're way more important. You start experiencing restoration and deliverance and healing. And you experience a touch of heaven that it is well with my soul. In trials and tribulations and however hard it gets in the triathlon of life, inside of you there's a touch of heaven. You just know God's got this. God's got this. It is well with my soul. See, heaven 
is way more powerful than your physical experience. And that's why when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into you. A touch of heaven comes into you. Because everything I've just described are not physical experiences. They are spiritual experiences that affect you emotionally, psychologically, and physically. But these are attributes of heaven. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste. you got to taste and see the Lord is good. That's why I tell people, people who don't know God or people not in church, and I say, listen, just come to church once. Will you please come once? Because I know when you taste the Spirit of God, when you taste this dimension that happens, when, when people are praising, the Spirit fills the room, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you'll never, ever want to go back to who you used to be and what you used to follow. Amen? Jesus says to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So that says to me, I can pray for the attributes of heaven to touch my life now. See, heaven doesn't have lack. Heaven doesn't have sickness. Heaven doesn't have depression. Heaven doesn't have suicidal thoughts. Heaven doesn't have addiction. I can pray, God, let your kingdom come into my life as it is in heaven. The Apostle John, who is a disciple, the Bible says that Jesus loved, one of his closest friends. He was boiled in oil. Imagine this. Boiled in oil, but he didn't die. I bet you he wished he did. And he was exiled to an island called Patmos. And in this place of pain, suffering, and isolation and rejection, Jesus came and spoke to him. And in the Bible, the last book of the Bible, it's called the revelation of Jesus Christ, that the Lord himself, Jesus, gave John the words that are penned in this book. In Revelation 4.1, it says, After this I looked, John speaking, And there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I first heard speaking to me was like a trumpet said, and this is Jesus, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. See, Jesus came to John and said, listen, I know what you're experiencing. I know what you're seeing. I know what you're feeling. But come up. Come up. Come up. There's a door. I want you to open this door. I want you to see beyond what you're experiencing. I want you to see heaven. I want you to see what's to come. See, your vision changes when you get out of the basement of limitation and despair. And you get on the roof of eternal perspective and limitless possibilities with Jesus. Your perspective changes. Jesus says, get out of the basement. Get out of what you're experiencing, what you think in your head, what the enemy's telling you, your experiences, your circumstances. Come up here. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me open this door. Look through this door. Get perspective. Look what's here for you. And John experienced that. See, because the devil wants to keep you with your head down like a chicken. You ever see chickens? 
They're pecking at the grain. That's all they could do. Peck, 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 peck. But God hasn't called you to be a chicken. The Bible says that you're an eagle. We're eagles. You, you know what eagles do? Eagles can look directly into the sun. Eagles fly to the sun. Matter of fact, eagles with their little eaglets will take their eaglets and make them look towards the sun. I don't know how they do this, but it's true. They make the eaglets look towards the sun. And if the eaglet can't look and stare directly at the sun, the eagle casts the eaglet out of the nest. Think about this. Look to the sun. Look up. Jesus says, look up. Don't keep your head down. Look up. See, don't knock on the door of the world for solutions. Don't knock on your drug dealer's door. Don't knock on wrong relationship's door, the wrong place. Knock, knock, knock on heaven's door. You need problems resolved? Your friend isn't going to help you. Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, the next fix, the next pill isn't going to help you. Stop knocking on heaven's door. Jesus said in John 10, 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He will go in and out. See, when I need peace, I need to go to heaven's door. I need to go in. I need peace. And then I, I come out and I, get, I walk in peace. If I'm in fear, I knock on heaven's door. I got to go in and get some faith. Amen? In every week, we have the greatest opportunity. Because I believe the biggest door to heaven on earth is the church. The biggest door. We come into this place. We open the door. And we get right perspective. Every week. Because the world puts wrong perspective on you. But we come to church and we get right perspective. Don't you feel that? Don't you sense it? Don't you know I need to get to heaven's door? And it's the biggest door. In Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Ephesians 5.25, Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. See, every time you make time to pray, even if it's a few minutes to read your Bible, even if it's a few passages, you are knocking on heaven's door. You're getting perspective. Every time you gather with other believers, you know, we have these crews. You gather with other believers, you're knocking on heaven's door. You're touching heaven. Because the Bible says in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. You get encouraged. You get inspired. In fact, the Bible talks about speaking to each other about heaven. Encouraging each other. Hey, listen, this isn't it about heaven. And then sometimes you just have to keep knocking on the door and waiting on the Lord. As Isaiah 40:31 says, but they that wait on the Lord, knock 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 knock. Seems like God isn't answering. Knock 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 knock. Seems like God is answering. Knock knock knock. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. I want to close by telling you a quick story that shows eternal perspective. This man, his name was Horatio Spafford. 
He was a successful attorney and very, very wealthy man. He owned properties in Chicago, the late 1800s, early 1900s. And I don't know if you know history, but there was a great Chicago, Chicago fire. 300 people died. $200 million in damages. Four miles wide and one mile deep of real estate was destroyed. And one of them was his. And in that fire, his son of two years old died. And because of the fire, he was financially ruined. He lost his properties. And his wife wasn't well. So he said, honey, you and the kids, put you on a boat to Europe. You're going to go first because I have some issues I got to take care of with, with his business. And so he sends his wife and kids off. And not many miles into the Atlantic Ocean, there was a great collision with 226 people dying, including his four daughters, 11, 9, 5, and 2 years of age. And he received a telegram from his wife that said, saved alone. His response, he started pounding on heaven's door, knocking on heaven's door. He lost his kids. He lost his wealth. He lost everything, and he started knocking on heaven's door. And he goes to get his wife on a ship home. And on the way home, they pass over the graveyard in the Atlantic Ocean where he had lost his children. And heaven's response was this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. See, he had an eternal perspective. He looked up, and he saw the door that his children has passed through. He saw the door that was open for him and his family. And he started singing because he knew there was a better place. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast, and we hope to see you soon at our 10 a.m. church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform or at LegacyChurchRI.com. Have a blessed week.